Where does it go? Where does it go? All of that cast off junk, where does it go? Hey, welcome to Where Does It Go? I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. And today I'm talking about litter. Yeah. <laughs> so, um,. The reason why this comes about, uh, besides the fact that we are a podcast about where things go, is that I've been noticing in the city that we live in, Emily and I, that the litter problem has gotten really bad. Have you noticed that? Yes, I have. I have noticed an increase in litter in the area. And, and my kid points it out, too. She's like, there's litter. Uh, because because of all the PBS Kids shows she watches about litter, uh, and then we I really should start packing gloves and a little bag or something so we can help pick it up because I love that I don't want her to touch it barehanded or me no just I'll tell it, you why you shouldn't later great but you please, probably know <laughs> I mean I don't know that I know the specific details I just know you probably shouldn't touch most things of unknown origin with some protective <laughs> equipment. <laughs> And then, like, yeah, I noticed it got worse, too, um, after, like, the main wave of the pandemic and we all got our shots and whatever. Like, now it's flipping masks everywhere, too. It's all the disposable masks. Yeah, surgical masks everywhere. And I don't know if it's because they're flying out of people's cars and people are discarding them in their cars or if they're just dropping them. It could be either. It could be both. You never know. Um, And Sarah did an episode, I'm just going to interject, about where masks go. And it's a phenomenal episode. And I will link it in the description here so you can do a, a, a double feature if you'd like. Oh, that's fantastic. That's a really good idea. So... The other day I was uh, behind this car and I was thinking about this problem of litter and I was like, why is there so much litter? And this group of, I would probably say they're all driving age, but they're probably under 18. I just watched them open the window and drop out a bag of fast food trash just right in front of me into a ditch. And I was thinking, I know it's like I'd never like specifically seen someone just throw a big bag of trash out the window. Uh, maybe I had, but like I, this is the first time that I was, it was something I was focusing on. And I actually like physically watched someone at a red light, just drop it out of their window. And so I was perusing the internet for research about this specific podcast. And it actually led me to a number of countries reports on their own litter problems. Apparently, it's gotten worse in Canada and the UK. Like, this is a big problem for these countries, um, that their litter is getting worse too. And apparently, it's not the only it's not only happening in the US, because there's a lot of US cities that say, yeah, the litter problem is getting really bad. So when I talk about litter, like, what am I talking about? I just want to, I'm sure everybody knows what litter is, but like, I'll name the things that are the most commonly littered items. Cigarette butts are like the most commonly littered items. People stub out their cigarette and just leave it on the ground. We Um, have an episode about cigarette butts as well. Yes. I'll also link it. They don't go anywhere. No, they don't. Don't litter cigarette butts. Or masks. Don't litter. (laughs) Don't litter. The end. No. (laughs) (laughs) That's the end. Don't litter. The end. Anyway. (laughs) 
So the next most common uh, litter that is seen, and so there was a really good story, uh, study by uh, Keep America Beautiful. I almost want to say Keep Durham Beautiful because that's the one that I volunteer for, but Keep America Beautiful is the, the larger organization. And so they did a study in 2020 um, about what was the most common litter. And so uh, cigarette butts, number one, the most common. Uh, food waste, number two, food wrappers, waste containers, um, cups, and then, which surprised me, uh, plastic and glass bottles. And then it was other, like tires and stuff. Tires were like kind of last, like tires and random plasticky things that people throw. But number mm-hmm. one was cigarette butts, and, and number two was the food waste containers. So that was interesting to me, and that certainly that certainly matches everything that I've seen. So this past Saturday, I decided to be part of the solution and not the problem. And I um, have organized a group called Litter Deleters. And so we went out and actually did a litter cleanup. And uh, I would say that that totally matches. Though we found uh, mostly plastic bottles. We found a lot of plastic bottles and cigarette butts were insane. Like there were so many cigarette butts around the shopping center that we had to walk through to get to the trail that we were cleaning up. Wow. So yeah, for real, it's it's a thing and I totally see it. So if you're interested and you want to read more about litter, I totally suggest going to Keep America Beautiful and reading their survey. And a lot of the information I got for researching this podcast came from that. So... We can't really, so the path of litter, um, as you can imagine, is, uh, I'm sure you can imagine it goes out the car, goes into a ditch, goes into a storm storm drain, it rains, it goes down into a, a creek, it goes from the sewer storm drain into a creek, creek to a river, river to a lake, or to the ocean. So we can't really talk about, um litter without mentioning the great pacific garbage patch because that is a huge 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 island of litter in the middle of the pacific ocean yeah (laughs) and a lot of it which i found fascinating and i didn't know this like 94 percent of it is unaccounted for like we just see the top layer there is even more in the ocean that we don't see. Which oh, was... so it's a berg. It's the Great Pacific trash berg. Yeah, and so it's interesting because the the guy that um, really started describing it in the 90s, he's a captain. Uh, he, he was just sailing, and he described it as, say, as saying that he started noticing in the Pacific, I think he was between Hawaii and Japan, he started noticing that... There were like there was like a smog, he called it a smog or a fog on the water that spanned the size of Texas and now it's actually twice the size of Texas. Oh no. Of little bits of plastic. And so he started noticing what it in his ship and then he was talking about it and it's just like this layer. This layer of plastic that just kind of 
moves around. And so the reason that it moves around and kind of swirls around and gets and kind of stays in that area is because of gyres. I think I'm saying this right. Gyres, gyres. I don't know. But basically, they're ocean currents that um, they, they kind of swirl around because there's two different currents that are meeting. So they're kind of swirling around mm-hmm. with the weather. And so that's how they get concentrated. So all this stuff is getting concentrated and swirling around together. So the Great Pacific Garbage Patch is now, it, it is located somewhere between California and Hawaii. And it's fed, it's kind of conglomerated by the what's called the North Pacific Gyre. And it's estimated to span the surface area roughly three times that of France now and two times that of Texas. So it's like estimated to be about 1.6 million square kilometers. And it's just floating stuff. And the stuff we're seeing on top is usually the high density polyethylene, plastic bottles, plastic stuff, like normal plastic human waste. Um, But it's it's just kind of concentrating in that area, but it by no means is the only place in the ocean that we're finding plastic. But those gyres are concentrating in it in that area. And so it was named the, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch by Curtis Ebbesmeyer. He's a retired oceanographer now, but he was studying ocean currents and ocean debris. And he was like, yeah, this is a this is definitely a garbage patch. This is what it is. It is an island ish of floating plastic debris. And so can I can I poke in to say that Curtis Ebbesmeyer features prominently in the episode that I did about charismatic uh, marine debris. Yes. And, and so that <laughs> you're bringing it all together here, Sarah. I know. I love that we you're mentioning all these episodes. So that's fantastic. Sarah that, is the glue in this episode for our whole <laughs> podcast. That's funny because I've been accused of being the glue in a lot of places. <laughs> <laughs> So the reason I bring this up is because um, I feel like you can't really talk about litter without at least mentioning the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Like, because a lot of places, um, their litter is going to end up in the waterways and a lot of waterways end up in the ocean. So uh, it was estimated that 80% of marine debris is from land-based sources. So all that stuff is washing into the ocean. And I I mean, ships discard materials like fishing nets and uh, container ships lose like containers of whatever, but 80% of it is actually coming from the land-based sources. And did you mention that in marine debris? I don't remember. No, uh, because I... Uh, specific I didn't talk about all marine debris because I want particularly you have expressed a lot of interest in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch and so I didn't want to do that broad a category so I specifically talked about like the Garfield phones in oh that's right I love that that was so funny and the friendly floaties in and um I think it's the Atlantic Ocean and then the uh, the Legos off the coast of I think I want to say it's Wales 
Yeah, because there's lots of dragons and and the Welsh. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say mascot, but thing on their flag is a dragon. That's awesome. I'm so glad you're mentioning these because I wasn't thinking about it at the time when I was writing on my notes and doing my research. But it's totally true. We've covered a lot of little pieces of this. Yep. So uh, we talked about the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. And if you want to go more in depth with it, by all means, look it up. Um, It is fascinating and the research being done on it on how to uh, mitigate it, what to do with it. And where it's coming from, there's quite a few scientists, um, some of them working in Hawaii, which is, you know, kind of closer to the Pacific Garbage Patch than a lot of other places. Um, they're, they're doing research on where is all this coming from? So they can study, like, where the problem is sourcing from, um, which is an interesting problem, but I would say probably all over the coasts because those gyres and the currents are taking it from other places and moving it and kind of conglomerating it there. So we talked about seawater and ocean, but it's just pollution and litter is just a bad problem in freshwater areas too. And the thing about freshwater is if you're land-based, if you're not on the coast, you're probably closer to polluted fresh water than you are to the ocean. So fresh water pollution of plastic is a huge deal too. So the animals and plants are uh, part of the earth with us are just as affected as we are by plastics. Um, microplastics are a huge problem and they're in the environment. They are detected in marine water, wastewater, freshwater, food, air, and I'll get into air, drinking water. And if you're trying to get away from drinking microplastics from pollution uh, by drinking bottled water, I have bad news for you. It's been found in bottled water. So the problem really here with a lot of this freshwater pollution, as far as we can know, is that when the plastic is breaking down, there's little microplastics, and some of it is so small that we can't find it, and it's and we can't see it, but it's like this haze. It's like this biofilm on everything, and it affects everything. It affects like the plant life. It can choke out plant life, like the the just the garbage you see on the surface, just like the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. It's not nice to look at, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it is affecting the plant life. It is affecting the animal life. Um, it is affecting our lives, and uh, I'll get into. We actually don't really know what it's doing to us as humans. Um, it has negative effects on everyone's health. Uh, it, it breeds bacteria. So when I did the litter cleanup, um, Keep Durham Beautiful actually gave us this really great uh, like package of supplies. So we got litter grabbers and gloves and vests and everything, which was awesome. Um, so we didn't actually have to touch this stuff because we kind of ran along a creek on the trail that we were on and we were picking up plastic bottles that had collected water. No idea how long they'd been out there. My husband picked up a Pepsi bottle probably from the 90s. So it'd been out there for a while. So it's collecting water, it's breeding bacteria, 
It's breeding mosquitoes. Like tires are a known hazard for breeding mosquitoes. Uh, You and I have talked about cholera and typhoid before on this podcast. I know we have. So, I mean, there's the actual health hazard of stagnant water sitting in these containers in creeks and then there's the microplastic problem that is now in pretty much everything so we're still learning as i said about the impacts of microplastics on human health so this spring april 2022 some science in the netherlands announced that they had found tiny plastic particles in two places that had never suspected would be in humans and that's in the lungs and in the blood like you would never think that and they're like well we don't know what what this is causing because they have to study it more but you probably shouldn't have plastic in your blood i'm just saying sounds bad the lungs surprised me more than the blood isn't it isn't it weird so if we're finding them in the lungs of humans that means that the microplastic particles uh are in dust in the air um and we didn't know that but it's still pretty up in the air like i said like what this is doing they're still stunning it so However, many of the chemicals that go into plastics, go into making plastics, are known endocrine disruptors, irritants, allergens. Uh, inflammation is, you know, still widely studied all the time because we don't really understand it. Um, a lot of people might have like mysterious inflammation, and we don't know why. We have no idea why, like what these microplastics might be doing to our immune systems to our endocrine systems to our lungs to our you know whatever to our systems basically and so it's been i'm glad that there are people studying it but at the same time this is all caused by litter and in 2017 so belgian and also i talk about seafood um So if you eat shellfish, you know, fish, you don't eat their internal organs usually, but shellfish, you eat all of. So Mm -hmm. we're finding plastic particles in mussels. We're finding plastic particles in all kinds of shellfish. We're finding it in beer, in salt, in fresh fruit and vegetables and drinking water. So yeah, they now think it's airborne. It can circulate the globe in a matter of days and fall from the rain in the, uh, fall from the sky in rain. So this is an issue. This is something, yeah, this is all caused by plastic and litter and pollution. And it's a common killer of whales and other animals. I can't imagine it's not affecting us in some way. Um, You know, hundreds of millions of wild birds. We find them with plastic in their stomachs. Uh, Seabirds especially. Certain bird populations are threatened by endocrine-disrupting chemicals. Um, Fish have it, like I said. And it stresses their livers and reproductive systems. So, you know, how is it not affecting us? We are also animals. And this is my main concern is that when you dump something out of your car because you're whatever reason you're lazy you don't want to um you don't want to throw it away you don't want it in your car 
it actually has a larger impact. And so we, right now, the the discussion around pollution is, well, the companies are doing more pollution than regular humans are. And this is, in the case of litter, this is not the case. This is actually like a human behavior, individual behavior that we can work on and change. So the survey from um, Keep America Beautiful did a wonderful survey about why people litter. This is interesting to me because, you know, I love sociology, so Mm -hmm. I always want to know why people do anything. So the strongest predictor of people littering is that there's litter already in the environment. Oh my gosh, it's the broken window thing that is mostly false, except for apparently like literally broken windows. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is true. There, uh, If people see that it, a place is junky and they see it's disgusting, they'll just be like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. I'll just throw my crap here. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's kind of how people treat uh, movie theaters too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then as for uh, cigarette butts, you know, there might be trash receptacles places, but there are no like ash cans for people. They're not as widespread as they used to be. And Mm -hmm. you talked about ashtrays in the last episode that we did. So you can peruse the ashtray phenomenon and where they went and the like kind of cultural significance of where they went in the last episode. I'll mention that. But yeah, there's not as many ash receptacles as there used to be. And I think that smokers, uh, like we mentioned in the cigarette, you talked about cigarette butts. We just mentioned that. Yep. Smokers like will throw their cigarette butt on the ground and then just leave it there thinking that, oh, it's just made of paper. It's fine. No, don't do that. It's There's a bunch of stuff in cigarette butts but that um, can harm the environment. Plus, it looks disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like you just had that in your mouth and then you threw it on the ground. Yeah, there's a pandemic on. Please don't put your mouth juice everywhere. Don't do it anyway, but don't do it right now particularly. <laughs> and also, um, a lot of litter they found um, occurs at a distance from a trash receptacle. So that might be that we need more trash receptacles in places. We need the city to be a little bit better about emptying trash um, around places. More trash receptacles, bigger ones. Just more all over the place in places that might be littered. Maybe have drive-through trash bins for people that want to throw crap out of their of their car. I don't know. I'm just like kind of brainstorming of stuff. Like these all sound do... good to me. Yeah. Um, and this was sad, but also interesting. Uh, people under 30 are more likely to litter than people who are older. <gasps> it's because they didn't see Captain Planet. <laughs> Agreed. They, they really need Captain to- Planet. We need Captain Planet on the job on this one. We need to resurrect his corpse and bring him back. It's probably a combination of uh, nihilism and, uh, I don't know, maybe ignorance, but I'm assuming a fair amount of nihilism. Yeah, I'm guessing too, just from the, the amount of junk that people under 30 have had to 
survive in the last few years. A lot of it is like, screw it. The world is effed. Like, you know, I don't feel like throwing this away. Or it might also be that they didn't grow up. Like, I grew up with constant don't litter, don't litter, don't litter, don't litter. Litter has a fine. There were signs everywhere. You know, don't litter. I grew up with that and also Captain Planet. So he obviously helped. Um, and uh, though age was a large, larger factor than gender identity too. Like mm-hmm. it was more dependent on age than it was on gender, which I found interesting and also challenged, made me challenge like, oh, there's another gender identity issue that I have. I think uh, girls are more likely to be cleaner than uh, assigned male at birth or assigned female at birth are more likely to be cleaner than assigned male at birth. That's my own issue. Age was more a factor. Definitely. Fascinating. Yeah. So now that I've said all this stuff and you might be depressed, don't be, don't lose hope. You can, you can do it. You can change your behavior. You can pick up litter. And like Emily said, um, think about bringing a trash bag with you. Think about um, bringing some gloves with you. Uh, Think about uh, picking up like a certain number of litter items every week. So there was estimated to be about 152 pieces of litter per person in the United States, and it wasn't listed for other countries. So consider picking up 152 pieces of litter in some period of time regularly and you will be doing your part just make it a goal 152 pieces of litter and you can like record it on your phone or you know have like a cute little thing in your journal whatever just try to pick up like 152 pieces in some amount of time that you specify for yourself a week two weeks three weeks a month and that will go a long way in helping the litter problem and I know that some people are thinking, okay, well, other people did this. It's not my fault. It's not, I, I shouldn't have to pick up after other people. And I see ya and I understand. Um, but at the same time, it's one of those things that are not going to get better unless we all do something about it or at least enough of us do something in a concerned and regular effort to actually make this better so and this is just let me get on my little box and rant for a minute if you don't mind do it go for it (laughs) okay so in my in my mind we need to get out of the mindset that we as a planet are completely screwed that there's nothing to be done Um, And unless some aliens come, some great savior or some magical technology comes along, we're screwed and we need someone to save us. And I say, that is BS. So there's this, this really great Buddhist quote that I say all the time. Everyone wants a hero, but no one wants to help mom wash the dishes. So (laughs) it's like one of those like, I want to be a hero and run into the burning building and save the children, but I don't want to help the everyday, help mom, mom, dad, parent, whatever. Sorry, I I was not trying to be sexist. Um, But no one wants to help do the day-to-day stuff. No one wants to do the everyday heroism of picking up trash that other people left because that's someone else's problem. And I'm here to tell you it's your problem too. So the smaller acts, 
regularly go big way in changing a lot of things. And that's how a lot of things have changed is that enough people did what they could regularly and it changed in big ways. And that's it. It's also, it's also always worthy to just sort of connect with the place where you live. Yes, absolutely. And the people who live there with you. And that's part of your goal with a lot of this litter, deleter work. And it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, totally. Like during the pandemic, I came to the realization that a lot of people are really wanting connection. And a lot of it is authentic connection. They feel disconnected from what I can tell from the earth from the city from wherever they're living from other people and there are various reasons for this i think uh the online life has certainly done it no favors um low value connection as in like being on social media and liking someone's post is not the same as having a conversation with someone even over the phone mm-hmm. because there's subtle signals you get from other people when you actually are engaging with them in a human way either face to face or actually having a conversation with them and so i think people crave that but they don't really i don't think it registers to a lot of people we just as far as i can tell we desire something we can't quite place and so this is just me like spouting my opinion (laughs) so we buy more shit to hopefully fill the void um but it doesn't and a lot of it is because our brains were wired to connect with each other and so we're missing a lot of that connection a lot of the connection with the seasons with our food with other people with family because we have a lot of these low value easy connections with the internet etc and so with litter deleters and you can go to our website um i actually put a page up for litter deleters and if you're in the durham north carolina area you are free to join us anytime so a lot of this is to help people connect with each other and feel like they are part of a solution instead of a problem. We had a ton of fun. And I think the most thing that people emailed me back later about was that they really enjoyed talking with everyone. Like, yeah, yeah, we were picking up litter and that was cool and tons of people walking by thanked us. But the most common comment when people emailed me back was like, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed talking to everyone Um, because it's a common goal. People can get together for a common goal. And this is a big one. This is a good one to get behind if you're looking for a goal. So yeah, um, go to Keep America Beautiful. Try to start a litter cleanup group. If that's something that you want to be a part of, there's lots of other like part of the solution and not the problem things that you can be a part of but if you're craving connection and you're craving doing something instead of sitting staring at a screen more then yeah get out there do something like Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be huge but if you do it regularly it can be and it's just nice to not have cigarette butts everywhere oh f yeah 
So this is funny. Um, one of the volunteers with me later, she told me that some lady came up to her and told her, oh, well, you missed some cigarette butts. And it was like in the grocery store parking lot. And she was like, you know what? Actually, the grocery store should be picking this up. This is actually their parking lot. So, yeah, I'm picking up what I see. So it was funny. It was like you missed a spot kind of a thing and we just all laughed about it like <laughs> well and does the, does the woman who's complaining have not have the ability to pick pick some stuff up i guess not i don't know <laughs> we, we were all laughing about it like just that saying, is hilarious just, you know that is really funny yeah it was super funny because uh, we had a lot of people that thanked us and we're like, thank, they were like, thank you so much for doing this. And so that's another thing, um, getting together and other people see you doing it. That can be a huge thing, too. People are like, oh, hey, you know, maybe one in three, one in ten, one in whatever. People were like, oh, maybe I can do that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. When I walk my dog, frequently I'll pick up stuff on the ground mm-hmm. just because it's gross. And I don't want to see it either. <laughs> yeah, it is gross. Plus, I have those doggy pickup bags, and so those are great for, like, using as makeshift gloves. I just turn it inside out and pick stuff up, and then we have trash cans all over our neighborhood, um, so that's nice. I, I can throw a lot of stuff away that way. Yeah, very handy. And again, mm-hmm. like you said, maybe having more trash cans would mean more trash gets cleaned up. Yeah, so um, I do notice litter out of cars in my neighborhood, but... I, there's still litter. Um, we have a lot of trash cans. So I think that honestly, that keeps a lot of the litter off the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's litter that flies out of the back of trucks. Um, so Keep Durham Beautiful has this nice like little graphic about tying down your truck bed or cleaning it out or whatever, just so that stuff is not flying out right, and littering the roadside. But... A lot of it is intentional. A lot of it is intentional, like actual litter. People are actually intentionally littering. Um, either they're throwing it on the ground or um, it's in, unintentional and it's flying out of their car um, or their trash gets knocked over. But I, most of it is intentional, which is sad but is changeable because people are incredibly malleable <laughs> <laughs> none of us are immune to propaganda and sometimes propaganda can be handy yes like captain planet yeah we will exactly. uh, oh um so this is awesome and i wanted to mention the trash squatch because i love him so i was doing research for this um podcast and I came across nobody trashes Tennessee so this is Tennessee's uh, please don't litter kind of campaign it's hilarious Um, I totally suggest checking it out because it's really funny and they have the trash squatch Um, I don't know much about the trash squatch it just made me laugh really hard because it's basically this sasquatch wearing a vest and he like he drums like on his body or whatever and he's the trash squatch, and he doesn't want you to trash the forest and the whatever. So, yeah, there's, like, this little PSA kind of stuff that they do um, that is, you know, basically a talk show hosted by a red plastic cup. And he talks the, – the cup 
talks to all kinds of people. And one of them is the Trash Squatch and Smokey the Bear. Well, I love everything about that. I uh, know. <laughs> I You pinged a memory from way back when, uh, when my spouse and I took a ceramics class and our teacher was from Tennessee originally. And he mentioned at one point, because Tennessee has apparently had fairly... I mean, they've been fairly engaged in anti-littering messaging. Uh, yes. Because he was talking about the 70s, and he was talking about how there was a, a, a campaign where the the saying was, ain't nothing lower than Tennessee trash. <laughs> and I thought that was both very audacious, and also it's very memorable. So yes. It, mission accomplished in terms of... Getting people to remember trash does not belong on the ground. <laughs> I am not intending to imply that anybody from Tennessee is trash. To be clear. Not at all, but it's hilarious and I love it. Yeah. I love tongue-in-cheek humor like that that has a message, makes you think, and makes you giggle. Yeah, Because exactly. it's memorable. Very. So just wanted to throw that in there since you talked about the trash squatch and Tennessee. I love him. I love the Trash Squatch. I'm pretty sure that um, I need a Trash Squatch t-shirt. And if they don't exist, I need to design it myself. <laughs> that sounds pretty perfect. Yes. Yes. I love it. I'm going to Google it right now because I kind of want one too. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so there's this episode um, talking to this Red Cup and... The Red Cup is like interviewing Smokey the Bear and Trash Squatch and they can't talk. Like all they say is their, all they say is their like main sayings. Like Smokey the Bear obviously says only you can prevent forest fires. And apparently that's like, he's also saying other things. That's just what it sounds like to us. Mm -hmm. And the Trash Squatch just like drums and sounds like he's playing the bongos when he hits his chest or whatever um so there's like a food container that is translating for them it is ridiculous and silly watch it totally watch it yeah. i'm looking at the shop there's nobody trashes tennessee stuff yeah there are car litter bags which is neat yeah that's nice there are no trash squatch shirts Dude, I'm going to, I am totally going to design one and I'm going to send it to him and be like, dude, I need these. (laughs) (laughs) You can have this. Just, just let You have my permission to sell these, but I also, I want one. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I will buy one from you. I designed it for you. (laughs) That's awesome. I'm being part of the solution, Emily. (laughs) (laughs) I'm into it. Yeah, so that's all I have. It's it was a really interesting uh, topic, and it is a lot more broad than the forty one minutes that I've talked about. Um, by all means, go to keep America beautiful, keep Durham beautiful, um, and they're all dot orgs. Um, nobody trashes Tennessee. They're flipping hilarious. You should totally visit them. I think it's nobody trashes Tennessee dot org. Let me double check because I did find it. Oh, I already closed it. Okay. Yeah, probably. <laughs> You'll find it. Nobody trashes Tennessee. Google is better than, you know, Google is Google. It'll find I was, it for you. I was able to find it while also holding my microphone and talking to Sarah. So it's not that difficult. <laughs> um, 
check out like um, microplastics. There's a really good documentary um, coming up. You can sign up to see it for free streaming. Um, it's microplastics. Um, it's just a documentary about it if you're interested. It's playing soon, I believe. So just go ahead and look that up. Um, I know that you can sign up on Eventbrite to have access to it. I was going to see um, if a group wanted to watch it with me um, because you can sign up for groups to watch it and we could just stream it from our, you know, various places we're living and kind of talk about it later. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. We should do a little brief list at the end here of uh, episodes we've mentioned. We've mentioned the cigarette butts episode. Yes. The masks episode. Where do masks go? Uh, I would also throw in uh, where do old golf balls go? Because you had mentioned in this episode, microplastics in freshwater. Yes. And old golf balls are absolutely a source of microplastics. And they are all over the place. And very near water a lot of the time. And then you did an episode on the Great Syringe Tide, which was technically not litter. It was trash from a landfill, but it was still sort of a grand littering event. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The uh, uh, balloons, where do balloons go? Because they often become litter. Mm -hmm. Mylar balloons and balloon strings don't go anywhere. Another great source of microplastics. And then there was one more. Oh, the a charismatic marine debris, which includes like Garfield phones and Legos. I'm trying to think if we've missed any. If we have, I'll put them in the description. But thank you, Sarah, for coalescing so much of the work we've done over the past few years. Oh, absolutely. It's into like- one like great episode. I feel like this is where a lot of our work is goes like to be honest because you and I both have such an interest in um where things go number one and like the end life of things do not disappear like they stick around and letting people know that is I think like one of the things I enjoy talking about like hey it doesn't just go away it's still here. We live on a planet and it is a closed system pretty much. So it's got to go somewhere. Yeah. Nothing goes away except for stock value. That's what we have <laughs> found through this podcast. Stock value just disappears. Yeah. So you talked about stocks, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've done so many episodes, like they come back to me every once in a while. I'm like, oh yeah, we did do that. I did an episode on chewing gum, I just remembered. Yes, chewing gum is gross. Yeah, please throw that away. And in the time of COVID, like we could really say, you know, to be honest, that's medical waste. Yeah, it's nasty. Don't put things with your spit on them anywhere (laughs) but a trash can or a spittoon. If there's a spittoon nearby, if you're a Supreme Court justice... (laughs) <laughs> and you have your designated <laughs> Supreme Court Justice spittoon. Sure, to be well, honest, the the Supreme Court justices now probably do have spittoons. I'm just saying. They do. It's part of their like chamber accoutrement. It's um it's an old sort of tradition that they have spittoons, which is Yeah, you mentioned that I think the last episode. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. put it in a spittoon, put it in an ashtray, put it in a garbage can. Yeah. You filthy animals. 
(laughs) (laughs) That's a good note to end on. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Thank you.